When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and as I mentioned on our last episode of Top of the Cox, which was a music special, we're doing music-themed episodes this week uh, because it's the Brit Awards, and we thought, well, that's a nice thing to loosely hang some content off. So uh, today we've got a special musical guest. It's none other than the original bass player from the Sex Pistols, Glenn Matlock, and we had a good time choosing horrible people and things for the island and talking about that. We only had a limited amount of time with him, but you know, if you get to speak to one of the Sex Pistols, you got to grab that with both hands. So I hope you enjoy this one. As ever, we've got more episodes coming your way soon. We'll have a new episode of Compact Dicks this Friday, which is where you get to choose your people and things that you would hate to be stuck on an island with. So let us know who and what you'd hate to be stuck with. Go to dickspod.com contact, or you can go to dickspod on Twitter or Instagram and leave us a message there as well. And we'll hopefully get you into the next Compact Dicks podcast. Okay, that's enough of this for now. Let's get on with the show, shall we? Here's Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols on Desert Island Dicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is musician and former bassist from the Sex Pistols, Glenn Matlock. How are you doing? All right, Dan, how are you doing? Right, this plane crash. Yeah. Do we, do we survive unscathed? I'm going to say you're all on the island unscathed. There's no limp or ingrowing toenails or anything like that. I mean, only if you had those things before, but I'm going to say you get out unscathed. It's a soft landing. Yeah, okay. Now, obviously, Glenn, you're, we're in one of the most sort of famously outspoken bands of all time, and, and your new album, I mean, your new single is called Head on a Stick, so obviously, yep. you know, music-wise, you're you're fine with being outspoken and talking to authority. I, I, think, I, think, I think it goes with the territory, really. I can't see the point of being a musician and not trying to have a go, have a go. I don't know if we're always successful of having something to say to things that are going on around you. And I think anything else is an abrogation of responsibility. Hmm, fair enough. But I mean, in, in daily life, do you have a bit of a temper? Do you like to rant or confront people or are you a bit more easygoing? No, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, quite easygoing. What I like doing in the morning, I get up and check my email, some of my emails and I wander around the cof- coffee shop and there's a coffee, little French coffee shop that's always open late, but they got a built-in bench outside, and I sit in the corner with my croissant and my cappuccino, and I kind of inwardly scoff at some of the neighbours who've been to the general purpose shop and have come back with a daily mail under their arm. <laughs> so I kind of got them numbered. <laughs> sometimes I take them to task. 
oh, it's not the politics. It'll be, be, be like reading the TV page. <laughs> oh, we like reading the small pit. <laughs> well, I'm sure we're all... Uh, eager to hear who you're going to choose. So, uh, who's going to be the first dick joining you on the island? Well, some some of these people I don't really like to speak their name, but I think one of the most horrendous slithering toads in public life. And there's another reason why I'll get on to in a minute is Michael Gove. Okay, yeah, right. I think is a nasty, duplicitous toy rag. And also, I'm a Queens Park Rangers fan, right? And tail end of um covid when it had opened up a little bit i went to see queen's park rangers play millwall and to get a ticket you have to be a member of queen's park rangers to get a ticket in the way in. and when you go there on the train they they escort you off the train because there used to be a bit of trouble at millwall and you can only go if there's like a caged passageway that takes you into the the away end and now i'm sitting there and come off time by losing 2-0 and my attention is wandering. I look round a bit and about two or three steps down, but just the other side of the gangway that goes down, who's sitting there? Michael Blinking Gove, <laughs> as bold as brass. And I don't know how he can even dare go out of the house. But the thing was, to get a ticket, he must have been a Queen's Park Rangers fan and I was livid <laughs> about it. So, and then... Mm. It, because it was the tail end of COVID and we wasn't doing very well, and I really rarely do this, but I didn't want to get caught up in the train with all the some of the Herberts going back. So me and my son left about ten minutes before, him and I said, "Have you noticed it's Michael Gove there?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "I've got to say something to him." And I said, "Well, be careful what you say." So as he walked down the steps, he had a right go at Michael Gove, right, and he didn't know what hit him. And he turned round to look to some moral backup, you know, from somebody who's this young kid having a go at me. And he looked at me. <laughs> Didn't know what had hit him. <laughs> Didn't know what had hit him. And then on the train back, I said, look, look, we come all this way to Millwall. Then we've lost, you know, and it's cold. And he said, yeah, but at least I had a chance to ever go at Michael Gove. Because he's a musician too, you know. Yeah. Brexit has really affected blokes like us. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I suppose you're right. There is that sort of, like you say, duplicitous nature with him. Like, there's lots of politicians we kind of don't trust and assume that they just sort of say whatever they whatever they feel that day. With Michael Gove, it's really obvious that he could just switch sides at any moment and do whatever he wants, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then there's another, another bloke, like, if you want to move on to the next one, is switching sides is Johnson. Yeah. Horrible. You know when we're on a desert island, mm. Do we get any implements? You know, <laughs> like a shovel or a spade or something like that. I'm going to say it's whatever you can salvage off the plane or make yourself, you know. Well, I think I'd probably get, you know, the fold-down bit on the back where you where you put your dinner? The tray table, yeah. Yeah, and somehow I'll get a, a pole <laughs> and strap that to that and presumably it's a desert island, there's sand mm. and it's not too much like hard work. I kind of make it into a bit of a shovel. And then where you go back, where the undergrowth starts, you could probably dig like a a bear pit, you know, and there might be a few shards of broken glass or something left over from the plane. And then just go and stay on the other side. Of, hey, Johnson, I've got something to sell you. <laughs> back in him and boof. Done. There you go. <laughs> then they could end up serving as the latrine for the rest of the duration. <laughs> Do you know what? A very proud moment of mine as, as a dad was uh, when my son, who's five years old, on the way to school, he goes, um, 
me and my friends were talking about how we could best capture Boris Johnson. And I was like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, but no. my friend said, uh, I'll hide in his loft and then I'll pour water on him. And I was like, okay, that's good. I was like, what, what are you going to do? He said, I'd get him in a big net and then we'll, and then we'll take him to the police. And I was like, this is, I'm so proud of it's you. It's fantastic. Yeah, great. Five, wow. He goes, it took me a while to finish my, my colouring in because we were talking about it so much. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's great. That's what we want. Yeah. New breed of... People who don't have bad, haven't had the wall pulled over their eyes. So I don't know anybody falls for him, you know. It's so weird, isn't it? Because people just sort of go, oh, but he's just like, just a bit of a lad or a bit of a nice bloke. And they say it about F- Farage as well, because occasionally you see him with a pint and it's like, I know you like having a pint and he likes having a pint. That doesn't mean that he's, that it excuses everything else he does. No, I, well, I think that's, that's a cop out, isn't it, really? Yeah. So if we got to move on to the, the third person, there's a, there's a whole list of contenders. But I personally like Farage. Mm. Purely because I'm not a bad swimmer, just thinking, you know, we have to escape from the plane and you have to swim to the shore. And then Farage, I don't think he's the fittest bloke in the world. Not saying that I am, but then he'd be coming and he'd known him, he probably half inched one of the rubber dinghies off of the plane. And as he's getting closer, I say, no, no, you're not allowed to land on our shores. (laughs) You're banned. (laughs) And and then a bit a bit of taste of his own medicine and see how he likes it. Yeah, that would be satisfying as well. Yeah, I mean that if there's one thing that could top you sort of having a go at Michael Gove at a football match, then I think it's denying Farage entry onto your island. I think. Yeah, that'd be cool. And and what I could do is because it probably would be a great deal to do on a desert island, apart from you know making sure Johnson's still down this sort of whole bear trap (laughs) latrine kind of thing is just patrol up and down the beach and going michael i said no (laughs) you know like for the fast show and like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely i think i mean i think all your choices are very strong and um i know it's going to make our listeners happy i just had someone message me the other day just saying god i wish i could put all that lot on the island so um, there's one listener in particular i think will be especially happy but i suppose they all represent that total erosion of like any kind of responsibility and and um you know from public figures where you can just say anything and it's like Oh right, and and that's just you're just going to get away with that, and then you know it is so much more damaging than just what they do at the time. It's like the legacy of like of lying and distrust and just sort of getting away with it, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's, it's all the gaslighting. I think the current term is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you sort of feel like do you feel there's much hope in it at the minute? Or like- I do. That's why I've called my album "Consequences Coming" because I think people are beginning to wise up a little bit. And it's a positive thing. Not that we're going to get consequences coming. They're going to get consequences coming and they'll come unstuck. I personally like to see the over here, the Tories decimated and the Republicans in the States the same. And anybody who's got that kind of been pushing for this right wing lurch to the far right, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not Che Guevara. I'm not Tara Galli, But I know what's right and what's wrong, I feel anyway. Mm. So yeah. speak my mind about it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, uh, it's it's sort of hard to these days, like especially if you've got kids, or whatever. And you think, how can you tell anyone what's sort of right and wrong when, like, not only do people get away with it, but they seem to do so well out of being doing the opposite. Because you know, they're the- all in it together. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. And it's all this sort of vested interest press and 
you know, all these newspapers run by people who are domiciled abroad and don't have any real stake in England apart from milking it. Mm. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Well, look, you're off to a great start with an island full of complete dicks. So, uh, yeah, we got the people nailed there. What's, what's the island called? Is it Dick Island? Haven't you got that far yet? No, we just we just say it's an island. I mean, you can call it that if you want to plant a flag in it. Yeah, so you've got to be careful because I'll be on it too. So I don't want to be... Um... I don't have my passport stamp that I've been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you could sort of name it yourself and call it something that would just antagonise the people that you're with. Yeah. Because you have a history of being an artist as well, so, you know, I guess you could knock up the flag, and if they all left it to you, then they wouldn't get any say when you've hoist it up. That's true, yeah. Well, I could just do it when they're not around, you know. Well, they're foraging or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you've planted the flag, then you know you get to say it's yours. So. Uh... Yeah, but presumably, if it was a plain load of people and there's only three right wrongs on there, mm. the rest of the people would be reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope so. I mean, I think at the minute, you know, we're putting you with just these three people. So. Oh, just me and them. Yeah. So there's four of us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's oh. going to happen after that point. Maybe more people will wash up. You're a hard man. <laughs> It's the first time anyone's called me that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's not go there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, uh, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Right. Well, I remember going to Roundwood Park when I was a kid. Then one of the coconut, you know, where you win one off the... We got one, but... Over here, you don't get much milk in the cocoa. You think it's going to be all juicy and sweet, and it weren't as hard, but I ate it anyway. And then I went on the Big Dipper, and I was violently sick, and I've had an aversion to coconut ever since then. Oh. I don't I mind coconut milk, and I've been quite nice. been to Brazil a couple of times. When you go along Ipanema Beach, there's these little sort of ice cream cellars, but they have a big fridge, you know, where you slide the mm. top and you have to go in it, and they have ice-cold green coconuts. They make you up a cocktail, and it was what's the um, Cipriana? Oh, uh, Caipirinha. Yeah, but no, or you can just have a coconut with a straw in it. Bloke knocks the top off with a machete, and there you go. It's great. But I can't stand the flesh of a coconut for some reason. Well, the reason is is because I was violently Moby Dick mm. for, for being on a Big Dipper when I was about five years old. And, I mean, it's quite a quite a bad one to be stuck with because, obviously, on a desert island, we're assuming... Desert island. ...you're going to have a few coconuts as well, so... They're, 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 they're the green ones, hopefully, not those horrible, brown, shriveled, airy ones. Well, yeah, but if we're making, like, the worst island possible for you, we're going to have to assume they're... they're then the, we're going to get green ones. You're going to get the crap ones. I told you. You're a hard man. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's just that the shady bastards you're on the island with have probably nicked them all and, uh, you know, done something with them or squandered them away, not even done anything useful with them, but just left you with a big coconut deficit and you've just got the little crap bits. I mean, I think that I could see that being how it went with those three on the island. Well, I think I'll probably end up losing a few pounds in that case. (laughs) Okay, and uh, what would your drink choice be? Well, we're going back to the green coconut there. Yeah. Again, again now. Um, I'm not a big boozer these days. In fact, I'm not the boozer on the other. I do like my coffee. Coffee comes from Brazil. They've got some little islands off of there. It might be, you know, through a bit of exploring and um, in between patrolling the beach and making sure a virage didn't come aboard, might find the remnants of an old coffee plantation. Hmm. So I could. Do we have in, Do we have 
internet or the phone or anything like that. Well, I don't know, only if you could cobble it together from stuff on the plane. But you like coffee, don't you? So it's got to be your worst drink to be stuck with. Oh, it's the worst yeah. one. Well, no, and there's two sides to that. Because if I made coffee and it wasn't very good, which it probably wouldn't be, that's even worse than having no coffee. Yeah. See the, see the way I got out of that without me? <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah, I often think it's often worse to have something that's so close to something that you could absolutely love there. Like, you know, like I, I find sparkling water really annoying, you know. Oh, do you? And, and I find like if I only had sparkling water to drink, it would absolutely do my head in because water would be so great on an island. But um, Well, let's see, I like sparkling water because hmm. I like the way it dances on your tongue, right? <laughs> but when you go to the fridge sometimes and get one out and somebody hasn't put the lid on properly and it's gone hmm. flat, that's pretty bad. Flat sparkling water is really worse than flat than still water. Yeah. So maybe salvaged a few things from the aeroplane. Okay. So maybe we could have like a just a really bad little drink set for you. So you've got like flat sparkling water to go with your bad homemade coffee. Yeah, bit bitter coffee. It would be bitter. It'd be like yeah. you go, you go, ah, like that. There's got to be one more drink. No, 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 that's it. It's just, just one food and one drink. But I'm just giving you two drinks because we started talking about it. And I thought, All right, okay. you've had a hard time. So let's, I'll, I'll give you an Yeah, I'm drink. on a desert island with with free herbits. And it's not exactly, you know, the 4th of July, really, is it? <laughs> You're a podcast listener. And this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. Well, Glenn, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Right. Well, I, my son wanted to go and see, when he was about 11, Jack Black in a movie mm-hmm. about wrestling in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it Nacho Libre? I yeah, think. that's it. And, right, I like Jack Black. I like Mexican wrestling. Not I follow it that much, but I like the masks they wear mm. and all that. In Palma, in in, um, in Mallorca, there's a really nice hotel right by the main square, and when you go in there, normally to just get a coffee, use the car because it's expensive, but behind the reception, they got about 40 different uh, what do they call? There's a name for the um, for the wrestling pit with something of doors, luchadors, yeah. luchadors marches, masks. It looks fantastic. But like in all that, like in Mexico, actually, I'm going off there with Blondie in about a month's time. And like in Jack Black, I went with my son to see this movie, and it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It was dreadful. So that I wouldn't like to have to sit through that again. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um... It can be a bit hit or miss sometimes. Yeah, like I don't have an issue with him, broadly speaking, but yeah, there's, there are some stinkers in there as well. Yeah, that, I, I would have it as one of them, but you might like it. But, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say. Can you remember exactly what it was that you, you disliked about it? I'm trying to put it out of my mind, to be honest. <laughs> it was that bad. It just Every every joke was kind of really laboured and you could see it coming. Mm. Um, and it didn't really strike me as much as... a proper luchador type 
because I actually went to some awards summer and he was there. And you think he's this big bloke. He's tiny. Oh, really? He's really, really, and he came up my shoulder. I'm not the biggest bloke in the world. So mm. he's a little fella. So. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if sometimes like it's worse being stuck with a bad comedy than just a normal bad film. Because you know, like if it's just a shit film, I don't know if it's easier to get through than something when it's just not making you laugh over and over again. I, 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 can, I can see that, yeah. You're not supposed to laugh, so you don't. And it's like, yeah, you know. But when it's supposed to laugh and you can see it coming and it's still not funny and you know there's been all these script writers working on it and you know that they've all collectively had an off year while I was hassling to get the film together and get it funded and get it made and it's gone through some executive and they all thought it was funny, you think, what a waste of not only your time but mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, what would your song choice be? Is it just one song or is it an idiom of music? Well, you can have either, really. I'll let you have, like, say if you pick a genre, then, you know, we'll just give you a compilation or something. But, um, but yeah, it's up to you. I, I don't like bad country and western music. Mm. But then yeah. again, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Boom, boom, boom. As a bass player, boom, 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 boom. Wears a bit thin after a while. Mm. What's the worst kind of music, though? I don't really like... I don't think I'd like to be stuck with Lou Reed's Metal Machine music for too long. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that's a tricky listen, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tricky listen. Because there's a rumour, I don't know, you might have heard more about this than me, but there's a, that sort of rumour that he just did it to annoy the record company because he had like a contractual obligation to do a certain number of things. And yeah, contractual commitment. So, so just turned that in. Yeah, I, I think if I had to listen to that, well, I wouldn't really. You know, if I had to play it, I'd probably go like that, you know, with my fingers in my ears. But if he wants to annoy the record cover, that's fine. He ain't going to get to annoy me. <laughs> It'd probably be quite good for annoying um, Johnson and Gove and Farage, though. So that's something. Just stick it on really loud and go to that's, the other side of the island. That, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to be within earshot. I think you can make your own way around the island. So, yeah, I mean, it would be quite good to yeah. sort of an anti, anti-right-wing siren. Maybe a speaker pointing down this bear trap kind of pit, well, the Johnson trap that I built. Based on what they're like, you could probably kind of get on their tits quite a lot with some of the Sex Pistols music, I imagine, as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's that. But then, you know, you need need some equipment and some instruments and Hmm. lead singer. Have you ever had that thing where, because, um, you know, famously sometimes like politicians adopt a certain song. I think it's obviously less likely with, with the Sex Pistols or some of your work. But, you know, sometimes like you have, was it David Cameron really liked eating rifles and Paul Weller got really pissed Hated off with it, him? Yeah. Like, I mean, that must be a horrible situation to be in as a musician. Yeah, it must be. Um, it hasn't happen- happened as yet. Mm. But we do get approached for things and everybody has a vote on what songs can be used and it has to be a majority thing so maybe it would have come up but it didn't but it's when things like that tend to happen when people don't realise they have to approach the people who own the copyright and mm. I, I know Trump ended up with next to nobody and I know they was going to do that Brexit museum with benefits and they couldn't put that to knock it on the head because there weren't mm. any yeah. or even worse, have right said Fred. Yeah, because they're all they're quite conspiracy theorists now, aren't they? They're like very anti-vax sort of Same, thing. Yeah, seems like that. Might have a point about that, but there's something about them, right said Fred. Yeah, do you want to? Have, you mentioned Paul Weller. Yeah. Then you mentioned right said Fred. Story I heard: Paul Weller's dad, John, used to manage him. The jam, where he managed the jam and all that. And I think this is a long time ago now. But the story about, and I knew John, he's a nice bloke. 
and he went to see the record company about Paul's new stuff and the guy listened to it and he said, thing is, John, it's all changed a bit since back then, you know, when a jam were number one everywhere and all that. He said, I mean, right, said Fred, a number one in the States now. And John went, well, that's it, I'm giving up. If Bernard Cribbins is number one in America. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's purportedly true, but um, there you go. <laughs> nice. Okay, Glenn, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I don't like most animals. Is it, do we dislike them because they're dangerous or just because they're... It's up to you, yeah. I mean, it can be I mean, anything big or small down to, like, you know, tiny mosquito to a, I don't know, a big shark or something. So, um, yeah. I, I kind of like most dogs, but I can't stand Yorkshire Terriers. Okay. Because the blokes who live above me upstairs have got one. It's yappy. In lockdown, they were leaving bags of poo on the doorstep because they were, were too asked to take it down the street and put it in the bin. And they bang up and down stairs so it can have a pee at the end of the street every night. Mm. And they wander around like elef elephants. Mm. So... I'm not that keen on Yorkshire Terriers at the moment. Okay. It's, not it's not really the dog itself, although they are a bit yappy. Don't like it when people put bows in their air because that's really namby-pamby. Mm. But it's, a Yorkshire Terrier has got loads of connotations for me. Yeah, fair enough. Is that fair enough? I mean, I, you know, I'm not talking about armadillos or <laughs> lemurs to live with them. Yeah. Big gorilla. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> That big gorilla might be Andy shinning up the tree and slinging us a few green coconuts down. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not allowed to have them, but at least I could know that they was there. Might also take out some of the other inhabitants on the island, so you never know. Like, he might see Johnson, think he's a kind of silverback. He might do even yeah. worse. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Glenn, well, look, you've done a great job today picking an island of, of things you hate. Done a good job there, and I think I wouldn't want to spend any time there either with the people you've picked. So, um, Right, OK, a... so we'll, we'll put that one. If there was a treasure island map, you know, an X marks the spots, but underneath somewhere else it normally says, there be dragons. <laughs> We'd be under the there be dragons bit, right? Yeah, I think so, I think so. <laughs> yeah, um, bit to me like the east end of London, but there you go. <laughs> And uh, uh, Glenn, let's talk about your album a bit because you've got the single out now. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot all about it. And uh, the album's out in like April, isn't it? But you've got end of April. Yeah, you've got the head and the stick single came out last Friday. To good reaction, been getting a bit of play here and there. I like it. Um, I think if I had to describe it, I would call it a spleen venting toe tapper. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of S the TT, which actually sounds like something you might have to go down a clinic for, but it's not. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you can go to a record shop instead. <laughs> yeah, and the album's out at the the end of April. So and yeah, and you say it's it's sort of like a lot of the things I guess stuff that we've been talking about as well, like sort of frustrations about society and, and things shifting to the right and that kind of thing. Yeah, this it's my outlet for it. Um, you know, I kind of wonder how many songwriters end up on the psychiatrist's couch because by writing a song or if you was a journalist or a novelist you got an outlet for your ire and angst so mm. it's good to get out of your system I like going to New York right and if somebody does something wrong in the street I go hey what do you mean you fucking yeah you 
and they don't really mean it, but they're just getting it out of their system, you know, and that's mm. kind of cool. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. that, but I, I think there's some good tunes on it. There's some great musicians on it, repliers, and I think it's all come together in a nicely formed P into our times. There you go. I would say that though, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll all check it out. Thank you so much, Glenn, for coming on the podcast. A real pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having us, Dan. My there you go. Glenn Matlock there for you on Desert Island Dicks. As I say, we had a limited amount of time with him, but uh, yeah, we obviously couldn't turn him down as a guest. Uh, it was an honour to speak to him. If you're a new or regular listener to the show, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot. And if you could leave us a rating or a review, that would be really helpful for us. It, it makes a big difference where we show up in the charts and things like that. It's all to do with boring algorithms, blah, blah, blah. But in short, it's really helpful. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. We're really busy behind the scenes bringing you more episodes. Um, got loads recorded, loads to put out soon. So hopefully you will enjoy what's coming your way. It's all free so you know a little review would be lovely and uh, i think that's about it desert island dicks is a sync clap production it was created and produced by james deacon it was produced and presented by me dan benedictus and as always big thanks to mighty john deacon for all his help behind the scenes helping us kind of keep track of the archive and the back catalogue um obviously earlier in the week we did a top of the cox episode with a few old episodes and it's well worth checking out those episodes in full as well because they're really good and we've got like over 200 of them all on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. So go and have a listen. Um, I think that's about it for me. We'll be back very soon. So thanks again for listening. Bye.